In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so excited about the message I'm giving you this morning. I have to be honest, it's a good one. Um, I, I say that every week, right? But this morning in particular, I'm really happy about what I've prepared. And as I was practicing it on Friday, I'm like, well, this is a good message. And, you know, I think maybe it's a good message and you feel like you're preaching to yourself. Oh, I need to hear that. I need to hear that. So I really actually feel there's going to be something for you this morning. Uh, if you listen and your spiritual ears are open, I want you to be really encouraged. I don't want you to feel guilty. I want you to feel like the possibilities are endless uh, for you today as we open God's word and we look at, look at this particular topic as we continue to explore what it means to be a church that makes the welcome, uh, that invites people, that wants to be an invitational church. What does it mean for you to share your story? And what does it mean for you to share about Jesus with someone? What does that feel like? Can you do it? And this morning I want to talk about some barriers to that that maybe is in your mind and in your heart. Uh, and I want us to to go through that and to be challenged and be, to be encouraged. We are looking at this morning, continuing as some passages in Luke, as Tracy's already read to us. I'm going to read it again. Uh, Luke chapter 10. And Jesus is going to send out some people and he's going to send them out as his missionaries out into Jerusalem. And it's an incredible story that he's going to send these very ordinary people out. The context of this passage in Luke chapter 10 is that it's Jesus, the Bible tells us Jesus has actually set his face toward Jerusalem. So he's here, Jerusalem is there, and he's going to journey towards Jerusalem. No prizes for guessing what is going to happen to him at Jerusalem. He's going to the cross. It's, it's the last moments, if you like, of his ministry life. And we pick this story up in Luke 10, but in fact, there's going to be another eight or nine chapters before he gets to the cross. But in his mind, I want you to imagine, because it's true, that he feels like his time is, is coming to an end. His time's coming short, and he needs to reach the nation. How on earth is he going to reach all these people, the nation of Israel? How is he going to get to them all with the message of Christ, with his message, the good news? Well, he, he employs a tactic that uh, he employed when John the Baptist came along and prepared the ground. And we've been talking a lot about farming and soil and all those sort of things. Well, Jesus is, wants the ground to be tilled. He wants it to be spurned up, ready for him to come so he can have a harvest. So there can be some results. He understood, and this is something I want you to get this morning, that for someone to come to Jesus, so very often it's going to be a process and there's going to be more than one person involved in leading someone to Christ. And that should be a real encouragement to you this morning. We're going to work out why in a moment. That you may be part of the process. You don't have to sign and seal and deliver it, but you should be part of the service. In fact, I want to say... This morning, that if you say, if you were to say to me, Mark, I am a Christ follower, I am a Christian, well, part of your responsibility, part of our mission as church and as Christians is to tell people about Jesus. It's the last thing he told us to do, go into the world and make disciples. So if you want the whole obedience thing, I'll say to you, it's actually an act of obedience. It's something you need to do. 
as a Christian is share your faith. It's not an add-on. It's not something that we leave to the evangelists and leave to the missionaries. It's actually something you should be doing. But I want to encourage you that it's actually a process. So Jesus is going to send out these people and he wants them to till the ground and he wants them to go out to all the little towns, all the little villages, all the little truck stops. And I mean that. There's you know, a place where maybe 10 people lived, a place where maybe 100, maybe 1,000. There was all different places. He wants them to be sent out. So he is then going to set his face toward Jerusalem. He's going to go and visit all these people that have already been visited by his disciples They've already tilled the ground because he wants a harvest. Why? Because his time is short and his mission is important. And he's feeling this inside of himself. I need to get to Jerusalem. But before I get to Jerusalem, I want the nation of Israel to hear the good news. So who on earth is he going to choose to do this? In Luke chapter 10, the Lord now chose 72. Some of your Bibles may say 70. There's a bit of textual variance there. Other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs. That's important. To all the towns and places he planned to visit. You see? He's going to visit all these places. Before he visits these places, he's going to send out the 72. These were his instructions to them. And you can imagine him like looking out over the vista, over the paddock, if you like. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. It's not very encouraging. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. You can just sense, right? Just like this urgency. Don't talk to anyone. Don't talk about stuff that's not important. You've got a job to do. I need you to get out there and do that job. Whenever you enter someone's house, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't... Hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick. Whoa. Tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. That's interesting, isn't it? Isn't that what John the Baptist said and what Jesus said as well? The kingdom of God is near you now. The kingdom of God was coming because Jesus was there. And his kingdom would be established and it would be set up. The kingdom of God is near. This is exciting. This is what's happening in your town. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into the streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to our fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even Sodom will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. And here comes those words, Tracy. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon. Their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap, throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honoured in heaven? No, you'll go down to the place of the dead. Then he said to his disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. Anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. The 72 come back and they've got a story to tell. 
Can imagine them setting out on that journey. No bag, no extra set of sandals, no cash in the pocket, no pass for public transport, don't know where they're going, don't know where they're saying. You can imagine the sense of trepidation as they set out on this adventure. What would they say when they came back? Well, they come back and they say, they joyfully report to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, Jesus said, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you, I have given to you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And this is, this is, a, this is such a great verse. At that same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it has pleased you to do it this way. First thing I want us to grasp this morning, these are 72 ordinary people. They're ordinary people. And I think we've got that up on the screen. And the thing about the... Ordinary people is we're not told their names. There's no great list of apostles and disciples and we don't know their story. We don't, we don't know where they came from. We don't know if they're men, women. We don't know their background. We know they'd been travelling with Jesus, but we're not told much else about them. They're very ordinary people. And Jesus entrusts them with an extraordinary message, an extraordinary mission. He's very ordinary people. He sends them out. As we think about ourselves and as you think about yourself, imagine sharing the story of your faith and imagine sharing your story with someone. Imagine telling someone about Jesus. And I imagine what some of the barriers to that are going to be in your mind. You're going to say,